Chapter Five of the Little Colonel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. The Little Colonel by Annie Fellows Johnston. Chapter Five. Summer lingers long among the Kentucky hills. Each passing day seemed fairer than the last to the little colonel, who had never before known anything of country life. Roses climbed up and almost hid the small white cottage. Redbirds sang in the woodbine. Squirrels chattered in the beeches. She was out of doors all day long. Sometimes she spent hours watching the ants carry away the sugar she sprinkled for them. Sometimes she caught flies for an old spider that had his den under the porch steps. He is an ogre, ogre, she explained to Fritz. He's bewitched me so's I have to kill whole families of flies for him to eat. She was always busy and always happy. Before June was half over, it got to be a common occurrence for Walker to ride up to the gate on the colonel's horse. The excuse was always to have a passing word with Mom Beck. But before he rode away, the little colonel was generally mounted in front of him. It was not long before she felt almost as much at home at Locust as she did at the cottage. The neighbors began to comment on it after a while. He will surely make up with Elizabeth at this rate, they said. But at the end of the summer, the father and daughter had not even had a passing glimpse of each other. One day, late in September, as the little colonel clattered up and down the hall with her grandfather's spur buckled on her tiny foot, she called back over her shoulder, Papa Jack's coming home tomorrow. The colonel paid no attention. I say, she repeated, Papa Jack's coming home tomorrow. Well, was the gruff response, why couldn't he stay where he was? I suppose you won't want to come here any more after he gets back. No, I suppose not, she answered, so carelessly that he was conscious of a very jealous feeling. Chillins always like to stay with their fathers when they's nice as my Papa Jack is. The old man growled something behind his newspaper that she did not hear. He would have been glad to choke this man who had come between him and his only child, and he hated him worse than ever when he realized what a large place he held in Lloyd's little heart. She did not go back to Locust the next day, nor for weeks after that. She was up almost as soon as Mom Beck next morning, thoroughly enjoying the bustle of preparation. She had a finger in everything, from polishing the silver to turning the ice cream freezer. Even Fritz was scrubbed till he came out of his bath with his curls all white and shining. He was proud of himself, from his silky bangs to the tip of his tasseled tail. Just before train time, the little colonel stuck his collar full of late pink roses and stood back to admire the effect. Her mother came to the door dressed for the evening. She wore an airy-looking dress of the palest, softest blue. There was a white rosebud caught in her dark hair. A bright color, as fresh as Lloyd's own, tinged her cheeks, and the glad light in her brown eyes made them unusually brilliant. Lloyd jumped up and threw her arms around her. "'Oh, mother!' she cried. You and Fritz is so booful. The engine whistled up the road at the crossing. Come, we have just time to get to the station, said Mrs. Sherman, holding out her hand. They went through the gate, down the narrow path that ran beside the dusty road. The train had just stopped in front of the little station when they reached it. A number of gentlemen coming out from the city to spend Sunday at the hotel came down the steps. They glanced admiringly from the beautiful girlish face of the mother to the happy child dancing impatiently up and down at her side. They could not help smiling at Fritz as he frisked about in his imposing rose-collar. "'Why, where is Papa Jack?' asked Lloyd, in distress, as passenger after passenger stepped down. "'Isn't he going to come?' The tears were beginning to gather in her eyes when she saw him in the door of the car. 
not hurrying along to meet them as he always used to come so full of life and vigor but leaning heavily on the porter's shoulder looking very pale and weak lloyd looked up at her mother from whose face every particle of color had faded mrs sherman gave a low frightened cry as she sprang forward to meet him oh jack what is the matter what has happened to you she exclaimed as he took her in his arms the train had gone and they were left alone on the platform just a little sick spell he answered with a smile we had a fire out at the mines and i overtaxed myself some i've had fever ever since and it has pulled me down considerably i must send someone for a carriage she said looking around anxiously no indeed he protested it's only a few steps i can walk it as well as not the sight of you and the baby has made me stronger already he sent a colored boy on ahead with his valise and they walked slowly up the path with fritz running wildly around them barking a glad welcome how sweet and homelike it all looks he said as he stepped into the hall where mom beck was just lighting the lamps then he sank down on the couch completely exhausted and wearily closed his eyes the little colonel looked at his white face in alarm all the gladness seemed to have been taken out of the homecoming her mother was busy trying to make him comfortable and paid no attention to the disconsolate little figure wandering about the house alone mom beck had gone for the doctor the supper was drying up in the warming oven the ice cream was melting in the freezer nobody seemed to care there was no one to notice the pretty table with its array of flowers and cut glass and silver when mom beck came back lloyd ate all by herself and then sat out on the kitchen doorstep while the doctor made his visit she was just going mournfully off to bed with the aching lump in her throat when her mother opened the door come tell papa good night she said he's lots better now she climbed up on the bed beside him and buried her face on his shoulder to hide the tears she had been trying to keep back all evening how the child has grown he exclaimed do you notice beth how much plainer she talks she does not seem at all like the baby i left last spring well she'll soon be six years old a real little woman she'll be papa's little comfort the ache in her throat was all gone after that she romped with fritz all the time she was undressing papa jack was worse next morning it was hard for lloyd to keep quiet when the late september sunshine was so gloriously yellow and the whole outdoors seemed so wide awake she tiptoed out of the darkened room where her father lay and swung on the front gate until she saw the doctor riding up on his bay horse it seemed to her that the day would never pass mom beck rustling around in her best dress ready for church that afternoon took pity on the lonesome child go get your best hat honey she said and i'll take you with me it was one of the little colonel's greatest pleasures to be allowed to go to the colored church she loved to listen to the singing and would sit perfectly motionless while the sweet voices blended like the chords of some mighty organ as they sent the old hymns rolling heavenward service had already commenced by the time they took their seats nearly everybody in the congregation was swaying back and forth in time to the mournful melody of senna senna where's your bone one old woman across the aisle began clapping her hands together and repeated in a sing-song tone oh lordy i'm so happy why that's just what our parrot says exclaimed lloyd so much surprised that she spoke right out loud mom beck put her handkerchief over her mouth and a general smile went around after that the child was very quiet until the time came to take the collection she always enjoyed this part of the service more than anything else instead of passing baskets around each person was invited to come forward and lay his offering on the table woolly heads wagged and many feet kept time to the tune oh i's bound to get to glory hallelujah let me go 
the little colonel proudly marched up with mom beck's contribution and then watched the others pass down the aisle one young girl in a gorgeously trimmed dress paraded up to the table several times singing at the top of her voice look at that good for nothing lies richards whispered mom beck's nearest neighbor with a sniff she done got a nickel changed into pennies so she could march up and show herself five times it was nearly sundown when they started home a tall colored man wearing a high silk hat and carrying a gold-headed cane joined them on the way out howdy sister porter he said gravely shaking hands that was a fine discourse we had the pleasure of listening to this evening deed it was brother foster she answered how's all up your way the little colonel running on after a couple of white butterflies paid no attention to the conversation until she heard her own name mentioned mr shaman came home last night i hear yes but not to stay long i'm afraid he's a mighty sick man if i'm any judge he's down with fever regular typhoid he doesn't look to me like he's long for this world what's to become of poor miss lizabeth if that's the case is more than i know we mustn't cross the bridge till we come to it sister porter he suggested i know that but a looking-glass broke yesterday morning when nobody had put a finger on it and his picture fell down off the wall while i was sweeping the parlor pete said his dog done howl all night last night and i've dreamt three times hand running about muddy water mom beck felt a little hand clutch her skirts and turned to see a frightened little face looking anxiously up at her now what's the matter with you honey she asked i'm only a tellin mr foster about some silly old signs my mommy used to believe in but they don't mean nothin at all lloyd couldn't have told why she was unhappy she had not understood all that mom beck had said but her sensitive little mind was shadowed by a foreboding of trouble the shadow deepened as the days passed papa jack got worse instead of better there were times when he did not recognize anyone and talked wildly of things that had happened out at the mines all the long beautiful october went by and still he lay in the darkened room lloyd wandered listlessly from place to place trying to keep out of the way and to make as little trouble as possible i'm a real little woman now she repeated proudly whenever she was allowed to pound ice or carry fresh water i'm papa's little comfort one cold frosty evening she was standing in the hall when the doctor came out of the room and began to put on his overcoat her mother followed him to take his directions for the night he was an old friend of the family elizabeth had climbed on his knees many a time when she was a child she loved this faithful white-haired old doctor almost as dearly as she had her father my daughter he said kindly laying his hand on her shoulder you are wearing yourself out and will be down yourself if you are not careful you must have a professional nurse no telling how long this is going to last as soon as jack is able to travel you must have a change of climate her lips trembled we can't afford it doctor she said jack has been too sick from the very first to talk about business he always said a woman should not be worried with such matters anyway i don't know what arrangements he has made out west for all i know the little i have in my purse now may be all that stands between us and the poorhouse the doctor drew on his gloves why don't you tell your father how matters are he asked then he saw he had ventured a step too far i believe jack would rather die than take help from his hands she answered drawing herself up proudly her eyes flashed i would too as far as i am concerned myself then a tender look came over her pale tired face as she added gently but i'd do anything on earth to help jack get well the doctor cleared his throat vigorously and bolted out with a gruff good night 
as he rode past locust he took solid satisfaction in shaking his fist at the light in an upper window End of chapter five recording by maria therese